Philippians 2, starting in verse 8, and being found in human form, he was one of us. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God, God the Father, God Almighty, has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory, to the glory, to the glory of God the Father. That is the name of Jesus. The name that is above every name that is named. The name that brings all sufficient power into the needs of our lives here this morning. Amen. 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 Glory to God. You may be seated. Thank you so much for being here today. And thank you guys. Look at this crowd. Man, we considering the storm, we had a pretty full praise team here, right? Let's give them a hand. Glory to God. I could preach for quite a long time on the name of Jesus. Amen. Isn't the name of Jesus beautiful? Isn't it wonderful? Isn't it powerful? Isn't the name of Jesus all we need? What a marvelous song. Amen. Let's give him a praise today. Well, Again, thank you all for for being here today. I'm just so honored and privileged and humbled to be able to speak to you this morning. And I believe the Lord's laid something on my heart that I want to share with you today and I hope will encourage you and lift you up in your in your spirit and in your life today. And so I just want to go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I just come to you in the name of your Son Jesus, asking that the Holy Spirit would direct every step of the balance of this service, that he would bring anointing on the words that I speak and that he would take over every moment and every opportunity that there is and let the the words that are spoken that I believe you have given me that you would anoint with your Holy Spirit to bring ministry and, and and to work in the lives of the power of your word in this house today. In Jesus' name, amen. So, have you ever, anyone here ever gotten the feeling in your life that you're just not either growing or you're not getting anywhere? You seem like that you're doing all the right things, but you're just not getting anywhere. I'm not asking for an answer. This is somewhat of a, I guess, rhetorical question, but I'm asking you to think about that for a moment. And if you haven't, then congratulations. I'm sure you will soon. (laughs) I can tell you that I have face that many times, and I believe as Christians that's a part of the things that that happen to us in our walk with Christ. We're doing all the right things. We're reading our Bible, but I don't seem to be getting anywhere. I'm praying, but I don't see the answers coming. I'm going to church, but I, I don't see the movement I'm even tithing. I know that everybody goes real 
silently. I'm even tithing. But it just seems like I'm not, I'm not getting anywhere. I've seen people around me, my brothers and sisters. Boy, they had a need, and God answered that prayer, and he met that need. And I see them changing and growing, and things that they're doing in their lives in Christ are expanding. I see that person who seems to be having blessings and favor on their lives. Where is mine? I see somebody being healed. I see, and I need a healing, or someone in my family needs a healing. I see people that God's doing a miracle for. Where's my miracle? Have you ever been there? I have been there. Not that God hasn't answered prayer and done things in my life and worked in my life and saved me, delivered me, so many things I could testify to. But it just seems as though sometimes, and maybe it's more for others than, than some, that all around me, God's doing things. But where's what's happening for me? Where's my miracle? Where's the financial intervention supernaturally that I need? Where is that healing for my body, that my physical body that I so desperately need? What about my family members? I've been praying for my son, my daughter, my grandchildren, my, or, or friends, or aunts, uncles. could be anyone in our family that we pray for, that they would come to know the Lord. Why hasn't that happened? Have you ever heard the saying, don't believe everything you read? I'm going to ask for a show of hands. You've heard that, right? Now, more than anything, today, in 2016, that's more important than it's ever been, Right? And what you can read on the internet and things that are out there and just that have no basis in truth whatsoever. It could be about Christian thing. It could be about politics. It could be about so many things. But the old saying is don't believe whatever you read. So I'm here to say something a little different about that. I want to say today, don't believe everything that you see. Okay? Don't believe everything that you say. Now, see, so some people say, well, Billy, that doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, I don't know what it means. If I see something, I know it's there. If I see that table there, I know I better walk around it or I'm going to trip over it. I see that these people are here today that I know, and I know that I can say, hey, remember when we were in church Sunday? I, I saw them there. But don't believe everything you see. I'm here to tell you today what I want to share with you and encourage you, amongst other things I want to say today, is this. I want you to believe everything that you don't see. I want you to start to embrace and give up and let go to the things that we don't see. So when we say things aren't happening, or maybe I'm looking for this answer to prayer, or when is God going to get me the job that I need, or whatever the circumstances are, we could list so many. Don't believe in what you see, but believe in what you don't see. Because God is working on your behalf in the unseen realm. And that is something that is evidenced in the Word of God very clearly. One place is faith in and of itself, what we believe in our belief in Jesus Christ as the Son of God who died, was buried, and resurrected, and in power to deliver us.
us from our sin and to give us a life of victory through the presence of the Holy Spirit, all of that is faith. It's faith. And in Hebrews 11, 1, it says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Let's say that again, together with me, just this last part. The conviction of things not seen. Okay? That's what faith is. So the way God works on our behalf, I believe, is not based on what we know, it's not based on what we see, it's not what I tell you to do, it's not what others tell you to do, it's not what any other thing that's out there that's going on. The way God works on behalf is on what he sees. It's what his time frame is. It's on the plan that he's working for our good. That's the way that God is working on our behalf. And just because we don't see it doesn't mean that it's not happening. It's him that's doing it. So we have to trust him and we have to, very important, take him at this word. Now, how many people believe this is the word of God in this house today? Amen. I believe I'm a, if not everyone, almost everyone does. Now, let me tell you something about this book. This book, in, in its translations, there may be people, I hear people talking about the internet reading things, arguing about translations and all that kind of stuff. Look, there might be some that, that are a little bit more, some are paraphrases and not really even translations, but let me tell you, whatever translation that you want, if it's legitimate, I want to tell you something about what's contained in the cover of these 66 books right here. This is infallible. This is inerrant. There are no mistakes in here. There are no do-overs. There are no things. Well, maybe if it was like if I'd have written this in 2016, we would have done something different. Don't let yourself be fooled by that, kids especially, young people, and everyone. Don't ever be fooled. Well, that was for old time ago. That was a long time. No, sir. This word is as relevant today as it's always been in 2016. It's the inerrant, infallible, absolute truth of the word of God. That's what's contained in this book. Okay? And everything it says, it's true. And there are many things that it says that are promises that we have. And so what we have to do is we have to know who he is and accept him at his word that is inerrant and infallible and absolute. And there's a verse I want to show you here, Psalm 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. Sometimes when we're looking for things in our lives, God, I'm, I'm praying, I'm going to church, I'm reading my Bible, I'm tithing, I'm, I'm, I'm helping those in need, I'm doing all the things right, but nothing's moving in my life. See how quiet it is right there? How many times do you get to do that? Just ask yourself that question. How many times during the week do you do this? Just, just this. Be still. By be still also, think to, to be quiet and know beyond the shadow of a doubt that I am God and all that that 
promises are for you. And don't get caught up in what's happening today of what you can see because you don't believe everything you see. Believe everything that you don't see. Another verse that I want to share with you today is this, Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. But when I first read this, man, it really made an impact on my life. Think about this. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. This is prophet Isaiah now speaking, uh, declaring the word of the Lord. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. That means the Lord God is stating that. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways. Now, he's not being condescending when he says that. He's just letting you know I'm the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God Almighty, and my thoughts are not your thoughts. And here's why. For the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are so my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. What he's trying to say is, just look at this. I'm God. I know what I'm doing. I got this. So just going back to the previous verse, so just do this. Go back to that one, Libby, if you would, Psalm 46. So since my ways are higher than your ways, since my thoughts are higher as the heavens above the earth, just do this. Sometimes, not maybe, know that I am God. So these things that happen, there are things that are happening that you don't see. That God is working together for your good, Romans 8, 28. All things that he is doing in the unseen realm, in places all around this world, perhaps, in places in this county, in this state, there are things that God is doing that you don't see that is to bring favor on your life, to bring answers to the things that you're wondering about now. It could be one of those things I mentioned. It could be many of those things I mentioned. But he is doing that unseen to us, so don't believe everything you see. Believe in what you don't see. Always working is what he's doing. Always working to do things that bring good to us. If only we could trust him in that. And be still and know that he is God and all that that means. Have a story that I want to tell you about. We have a preschool that we operate as a business, and in that, I had a par- I've had many parents come in, and they always are wondering, especially first-time parents, and this is totally fine, it's legitimate. You know, they come in and they say, oh, well, my son you know, or my daughter, they're not growing. They're not getting, you know, they're, 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 we went to the pediatrician and they haven't grown. They're still in the lower percentile, or they're the same height, the same weight they were last time. It's two months later. Shouldn't they be bigger now? Shouldn't they be? And they come in asking me this question. <laughs> And, uh, and, and, of course, ask other people as well. 
But I remember one time particularly somebody had told me about this, and they were saying, well, you know, I thought every time I go to the pediatrician, and this was a mom, and bless her heart, you know, she went to the pediatrician probably too much. She went all the time. So every time they go, they, they measure you and they weigh you when you got little, especially little babies, infants and one-year-olds. So and she was taking them all the time, making sure everything was okay, and, and that's to her credit. That's great. But what she had noticed was is that they, uh, that they, she was saying, well, he's not, you know, not walking either, and, and, he t- and all the other children are walking, and he's not walking yet. And then the pediatrician eventually says, well, have you, you know, and he goes, you know, looking at his feet, and when he took his shoes off, he realized that his toes were punching out the end of the shoe. You know how you put your thumb on the end of a toe and to see if, if your foot fits in there right? Well, this baby's foot was, you know, busting out of the shoe. And the mom, had, and, and not that she was a bad mom, she didn't know it. Because she was so worried about all these other things that she was seeing, her height and the weight and all these things, she didn't notice that the foot of the baby was growing. She couldn't see it. You see? She couldn't see it on paper. She could see it. This is the height. This is the weight. This is where they're supposed to be. This is what's going on. But yet the foot of the baby's growing would show that the child was growing and developing and nothing was wrong, but she didn't notice it. Because it was unseen to her. And I think in that, as, a, as an example, is how I look at some of the things. Sometimes I just thought, wow, man, you know, these are things that happen. And we're focused many times on things that are only seen to us. But they aren't the things that God is doing. God is always working. Now, I want you to say this with me. God is always working. God is always working. Okay, so now if he's always working, he's working things, and if you believe the word of God that we've talked about before and its infallibility, he is working all things together for our good to them that love him, called according to his purpose. That's the word of God, not me saying that, and he's working all the time. we got a hard-working God. <laughs> He's busy, but he's omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. He is, he is the one true God. He can do this. But don't count on what you're seeing happening. Count on what he's doing as he is working all the time on our behalf of what you can't see. And so that reminded me as I was thinking about these things about the story of Jericho. Now, the nation of Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. As you guys know, the story, most do anyway. And I thought about it like how they, you know, were just going around and around and around. And basically, have you heard the expression before, it feels like I'm just running around in circles. I'm just spinning around in circles. That's what they were doing. They get out of that Egypt, and then because they messed up and stopped trusting God and believing God, now they're wandering around running in circles for 40 years. (laughs) 40 years, man. So they got to do all of that, and they're running around in circles, aimlessly wandering in the wilderness, in the desert. Finally, they get the opportunity through a miracle of God, basically drying up the Jordan River and allowing them to cross. And now they've got to be thinking, many of the people from the Exodus, I mean, they're from Egypt, they're already dead and gone now, right? So all these people got to be thinking, man, look at this. We're crossing the river. Finally, we're out of the 40 years. 
we've been wandering around, going around in circles, around in circles, and around in circles. Now, I finally have got through. Things are going to be good. <laughs> Everything's going to be good. And here they are. They cross the river, and bam, they run into Jericho. Jericho, this place that was an unbelievable city in terms of its fortifications and the way that it was set up to defend itself. And I got a slide that I found that I wanted to show you just to talk to you a little bit about this so people can get a, just a good perspective of what's going on here. Okay, the way there's a lot of, there's different archaeological, you know, arguments about this, but this is something that I believe is, would be the best way to describe this. Okay, so now these walls were structured on a three-tier plan. Uh, and I got this from the uh, Answers in Genesis uh, uh, Foundation. So the walls started with an earthen rampart or an embankment which ran ground level upward on an incline to a stone retaining wall, which is the second tier. So now if you see those little people down at the bottom there, you see how that's slanted? So there's an incline to get to that retaining wall where they put the retaining wall so they could hold in all that other dirt so they could build another embankment. Now think about something that's hard to do. Is it harder to do things when you're going downhill or is it harder to do things when you're going uphill? Right? So if you're going uphill, that's what the whole design was, is that if you're going to come and then come after us, you're going to be doing it going like this. You're going to be working up the hill. That was the plan of the whole thing. So now the retaining wall was 12 to 15 feet high. You can see they sort of tried to describe that with the little people down there about what people would look like. That's the retaining wall, okay, that held the dirt in for the embankment there. Now the next wall is what they called uh, just a, I mean, a fortification wall. And that wall was um, six feet thick. I'm sorry, that second wall was um, 12 to 15 feet in height, based on what they're feeling that they can safely say. So that's 12, that next wall is, is, is 12 to 15 high. So now you've got the retaining wall, the incline, and the extra 12 to 15 feet there. Now, there's another embankment that inclines up again. They say that actually there were some people that lived on that embankment around the city. Now, remember, this construction is all around the city of Jericho. So, the next thing is the wall that was the, the final wall that you see there. Six feet thick and another estimated to be 20 to 26 feet high. So, from ground level to the top of that next wall, you're looking at 46 feet, plus the inclines, two walls, really three, that you've got to climb over to get into the city. Now, that's pretty well, I mean, even by today's standards, if you were trying to attack something like that, if you didn't have any kind of air, I would say at least, if you're just trying to attack that on the ground, that'd be pretty tough to deal with. It was a majorly fortified city. Okay, and the reason I want you to, to kind of picture that and go there with me is imagine if you were one of the Israelites coming in now that you've wandered around in circles for 40 years, and now you man, look at this miracle. I'm across the Jordan River. Everything's going to get fine now. Wait a minute. We've got to get past this. <laughs> How are we going to do that? I mean, it had to be daunting where you're looking at that and saying, now, what is our game plan to try to deal with this? I just can imagine, this is me speculating here, but I'm just imagining it had to look like it was just, which it was considered to be, completely impenetrable. 
Okay, so I'm going to go to Joshua 6 where this story is told. And I would encourage everyone to go after church today and just take a moment or take you two or three minutes to read chapter 6 of Joshua. It's an encouraging story of God delivering victory. We all maybe know the story, but it won't hurt to read it again, especially after some of the things I share with you today. So here it is. Um, Joshua 6, 1 and 2. Now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. They were worried about the Israelites. So they basically batten down the hatches and locked down. None went out, none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given, and one translation actually says, delivered. See, I have given or delivered Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor. That's their fighting men. So the king and the fighting able-bodied men that were in Jericho, in saying to Joshua here, the Lord says to him, See, I have given or delivered this to you. Now, it's important to understand that he is saying, see, I have done it. Right? Now, stay with me here. Not that I might do this, not that I'm thinking about it, not that I'll get around to it when I deal with all these other issues that I've got to deal with that you guys are causing me to have to handle. Not when I feel like it. No, he said, see, I have done it. I have delivered it to you. That's what he tells Joshua. Now, Joshua at this point is a man of great faith and and great standing with the Lord and has been brought through many things where he's seen the power of God, right? He knows that God can do anything. But he still has to be standing there looking at that. If you go back to that slide again of of the city for a moment. Joshua had to be saying, okay, you're saying, see, you have given it to me. But let me tell you what I see. I see a 12-foot wall, a retaining wall, a big incline, a huge other, you know, 20-foot wall, six feet thick, and we're sitting down here. That's what I see. What the Lord said is, see, now again, this is how it's, how it's written. It says, see, I have delivered the city to you. See, I have done it. And Joshua's thinking, yeah, I can't see that. (laughs) I can't see that. So nothing has changed. Nothing's different. Those walls are still there. Three tiers of walls and embankments. It's all still there. And the Lord's saying, see, I delivered it to you. Remember what I said before. Don't believe everything you see. Believe. God was working on his behalf, on behalf of the nation of Israel, at the moment in time when they're looking at that huge fortified city, impenetrable in the natural, but God said he had already delivered it to them. And another verse I want to talk about in this whole thing of seen and unseen is something that I just want to share with you in 2 Corinthians 4.18. And it says this, As we look not... To the things that are seen, but to the things that are, to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient. They come and go. They have no home. They have no roots in our lives. Things that are seen. But the things that are unseen are eternal. Why do we worry so much about what we can see? 
God's working on our behalf every moment, every day, always working for our good. If we will just go back to Psalm 46 there just for a minute. I'm just going to take it. If you could just go and do this, right? Are you with me? Are, are, we, are you following me? If we could just do this. See, he has delivered us the victory, whatever it might be. He's done it already. But we got to believe what we can't see. Okay, so now I'm going to very quickly go through the rest of this. Just some camel. We'll skip around a little bit. So we can go to the slide of uh, starting at verse 3, Libby. On that one, Joshua 6, 3. And it says this, You shall march around the city, all the men of war going around the city once. This you shall do for six days. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. On the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. And when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, because they got to go up to get over all the rubble and the embankments. The people shall go up, everyone straight before him. And then jump into verse 8. And just as Joshua had commanded the people, the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horn before the Lord went forward, blowing the trumpets with the ark of the covenant of the Lord following them. And go into verse 12. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. And the seven priests bearing the trumpets of the ram's horn before the ark of the Lord walked on, and they blew the trumpets continually. And the armed men were walking before them, and the rear guard was walking after the ark of the Lord while the trumpets blew continually. Following the instructions, it, God was very clear about what he wanted to have happen. And the second day they marched around the city once and returned to camp, and they did so they did for six days. Okay, now in verse 15 it says, On the seventh day they rose early at the dawn of day and marched around the city in the same manner seven times. It was only on that day that they marched around the city seven times. And in the seven, and at the seventh time, when the police, priests had blown the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. And in verse 20 then it says, So the people shouted, the trumpets were blown, and as soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted a great shout, and the wall fell flat. So that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they captured the city. Now think about that. If you were there, and you were Joshua to start with, he says, see, I have delivered this to you. And you're Joshua, big, strong man of faith, all the things God had done already. So he's thinking, yeah, I know he's going to do this. I just don't know how because I'm looking at this. <laughs> what are we going to do with this, though, God? This big old city. With the inclines and the big walls, what are we going to do about that? You say you've delivered it, but I'm seeing that. Well, what God was doing is he was working in the unseen realm, working out a plan that Joshua didn't know about. And it's all very clearly outlined here. And so if we could just do what Psalm 46 said and be still and know that I'm God and trust him and trust this word, and trust the promises and everything that's included in it. If we could just do that, he's going to deliver us a plan. It may not be like this, but he's going to deliver us a plan, and all we've got to do is follow it. So he'll give you the instructions. He'll lead us and he'll guide us, and all we've got to do is walk 
circles. So instead of walking circles like they did in the wilderness for 40 years, circling around, circling around aimlessly, wandering around the desert, didn't know what was going on. Now, God was saying, look, I'm going to teach you a new lesson about how to circle things. You're going to circle this issue with my instructions, and we're going to do it exactly the way. That means you're going to be obedient to the things that I'm giving you, and I have already got this worked out. You don't see it, because all you see is that big fortified city. But what I see is victory, and I've already done it. That is what's for us people here. That is what's for us in our lives. It's not just something that happened in the Old Testament. This is a story that is designed for us to be able to utilize that in our lives today. Don't worry about what you see in a big fortified city. Don't worry about all that stuff. Because he's got that contained in his plan. There are so many places in God's word that he has done this before. This is not just the story of Jericho. There are places where he has said, look, see, I have. Those are words I want to focus in on. See, I have already done it. See, I have delivered it. See, I have done it. This is what I want you to leave here today, believing in your heart that what God's plan is for us, if we trust him, if we be still and know that he is God, if we know that his ways are higher than our ways and that his thoughts are greater than our thoughts and that he knows the best thing for us and we don't know, let's just get out of the way and be still and know that he is God, he is going to work a plan that's going to bring down the walls in your life. That's what's going to happen. It's not optional. It's a promise. Think about the things he said. See, I have made a provision for you in Matthew 6, 31 and 32, it says. Where the word of God says, don't worry about these things. What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Your heavenly father already knows your needs. He, see, he has made the provision. See, I have done it. See, I have already provided for your healing. Isaiah 53, 5. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. You are healed. He is working in your favor for your good in the unseen now. Don't count on what you see. Don't believe what you see. Believe what you don't see and believe that he is working it for your good. See, he has already provided your healing. See, I've already fought and won the battle, 2 Chronicles 20, 17. But you won't even need to fight. Take your position, stand still, and watch the Lord's victory. <laughs> Amen? You don't even need to fight. Take your positions and stand still, there's that word again, and watch the Lord's victory. See, I have already given you the victory. See, I have healed your brokenness and repaired your wounds, Psalm 147.3 says. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He has done it. See, I have done it. See, I have delivered you. 2 Samuel 22, 2. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my 
deliverer. He's my deliverer. He's got this working in our favor in the unseen right now. He's working things for our good if we just trust him. If we be still and know that he is God. And the other thing that I love so much is this. See, I have already conquered death. The Lord has said to us, see, I have already conquered death. Revelation 1.18. He's conquered death, hell, and the grave. He has conquered everything about the, the realm of death. All of that is under his feet. See, he has already done it. He's already done it. And that same power, that same power that rose Jesus from the dead, the Word of God says, lives in us. That same power. So looking upon all of this stuff, if you're looking at these impenetrable walls of Jericho, it must have looked like, I mean, very daunting. It must look like things that are in our lives that we think are out there that aren't moving. I need to get this healing. I need to get this job. I need my family to come to know the Lord. I need a miracle in my finances. I hear you, God. I know what you're saying. I'm I'm doing all the things I'm supposed to do, but I don't see it. My encouragement to you today, that even though you can see that the walls are still there, Remember to circle the promises and not the problem. When you're walking around, walk around and circle the promises. Can we get that over here just for a minute? And then when, when you're doing that, I mean, I don't mean to be overly dramatic about it. I'm not trying to be. But honestly, I just don't want to do this. Just walk around and just say, look, Lord, I'm walking around this place because I know that I can trust you. I'm going to be still and know that you are God Almighty, that you're in control of every facet of my life, that if I just get out of the way and let you show up, you'll do miracles in my life. You'll do things that I never could imagine, and here's why. Because your thoughts are greater than my thoughts. Because in the heavenly realm, you have authority over everything. So I can walk around whatever problem that I've got and whatever circle that I need to walk around, and I'm going to walk around claiming your promises, that you're a good God, that Romans 8.28 says that all things work together for my good because you are working those for my good. You've already done it. See, you have delivered the city to me. See, you have delivered the victory to me. See, you have done these things for me. You're not thinking about it. You're not going to. You've already done it. I just need to trust you and love you and keep moving towards you. And things are going to happen in my life because you're going to show favor and you're going to answer prayer. And you're going to do things that are miraculous in the supernatural realm that I can't see. That I can't see. almost done. Glory to God. 12.04. Now I'm going to take off this and I'm going to show you this is my effort. I'm not a very good one. <laughs> not an artist. <laughs> I wanted to just show you this though. And I just wanted to just talk about this just for just a moment as we close. But there are things that we face. There are things that I'm facing. There are things that we deal with and it's okay. 
I'm here to tell you today it's okay because we got a God that loves us. we got a God that we can trust. We've got a God that's already delivered into our hands the victory. He's already done it. See, I have done it. See, I have done it. That's what he told Joshua. You may not be able to see it, but I've done it. I've already done it. And there's a plan that's available for you. So whatever your Jericho is today, whatever your walls are today, whatever, it could be one thing, it could be a hundred. You don't even have to enumerate them because God already knows what it is. He knows what we're dealing with. And he wants to be number one in your life where all of that care is cast upon him because he cares for us. And today, if you look at this like this was the city of Jericho and these are the walls and this is what it is, there are all kinds of things that these walls might represent. And I don't know if everybody can see this, but there's a lot of things. And these are not inclusive of all. But I'm going to just show everybody like what we got here. we got different things on here. And I just want to just take the moment in time for you, and I'm going to ask you to do this if you would, to just now in a moment of being still before the just being quiet and thinking about the things that are in your life. It could be sin. It can be anything. It doesn't have to be anything other than just an issue. And some of those things might be your finances. Lord, I need help in my finances. I have addictions that I deal with, whatever those might be. That's the law. I've got to be forgiving. I'm harboring unforgiveness in my heart. Or I need to be forgiven. I need to come to know the Jesus whose name is above every name, who does all of the things in our lives that we're talking about here today, if there's anyone in this room. Think about that. You might need to be forgiven for your sin. Or you might need to forgive others, as the Word of God clearly indicates that we should. You might be facing depression. Somebody might be facing depression. That may be a wall in your life right now. Could it be that there's an issue in your family? Salvation. Wanting them to be closer to the Lord. Needing them to, to, to have a, a, a miracle healing in their body. Here's another one. Healing. How many people have had that faced either currently or in the past? Well, you need God to supernaturally intervene and heal you. That's part of the wall. Employment. We all have to have employment. Sometimes we have employment, but we need better employment. God sees what we don't see. He knows that there's a plan, and he wants that to bring good upon your life. Loneliness. There's people that face this, that are challenged with this. Probably some in this house today. Being lonely. God is there for you. He wants to meet that need. Relationships. How about relationships? If it's a a romantic relationship, if it's a friendship relationship, if it's a a husband or a wife or 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 a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a fiance or whatever the case may be, there are things that we need God to work in our lives if we let him. But if we do this... This is what I want you to just hear now. If we try to do only the things that we see, 
if we only work in the realm of what we can see, we're missing it. We're missing it, folks. We're missing what God is doing in the unseen that is for our eternal benefit and for our earthly benefit. He doesn't want us to live miserable on earth and then go to heaven and be happy. That's not God. So I'm asking you today, whatever those things might be, I'm going to ask you to think about that. And I want you to just, in your mind, as I'm walking around, I'm circling this. I'm circling this. And I'm circling this because I know that God's going to tear the walls down. He's going to tear the walls down of the things that I'm facing in my finances. He's going to tear the walls down in the things that I have of addictions that I can't seem to break. He's going to tear the walls down if I'm facing loneliness in my life or depression. He's going to tear the walls down. And he has done it already. I just need to be still and know that he is God. That he is God. And that he is for me. He is for me. He is for me. He is for me. In everything that he does, he's for us. Boy, it's so important to know that and believe it. Because sometimes we have to wonder. So I'm going to ask you this. To just bow your heads with me right now. And close our eyes. And just say this as we wrap up here. In your mind, what is it that's your Jericho today? What is it that are the walls that are built up? In whatever thing, no matter how small or how large, it's all important to God and it's all within His purview. Think about what that is, or if it's more than one thing. What do you need from Him today? And I want you to think about what that is. And I want you, as we get some, could we have, yes, thank you, Ty. As we do that, I'm going to just ask everybody to stand to their feet right now.